Welcome to the free sermon podcast of the Potter's House Church in Virginia Beach, affiliated with Christian Fellowship Ministries. Our vision is winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. It's Wayman Wednesday. That means you're about to hear a message from the founder of our fellowship, Pastor Wayman Mitchell. Even though he entered into his reward and is in the presence of our Lord, we still need to hear his clarion call to faithfulness, holiness, discipleship, and commitment to the cause of Christ. If you like what you hear, please support World Evangelism by subscribing to the premium version of this podcast for even more sermons. Links are in the show notes. Enjoy today's sermon. But all you're going to get tonight is meat and potatoes. Amen. When we uh, talk about vision, the uh, theme of our conference is uh, uh, passion for souls. Our Thursday evening overseas uh, video is going to be a vision for, for a nation. And when we begin to ponder the dynamics that are involved, we uh, understand that we're going to have to have something beyond the ordinary. When we begin to talk about a vision, many people have in mind a, a vision as Paul uh, at Troas having the vision of the Macedonian man come over and help us, a powerful visitation, or Jacob uh, in Genesis 28 having a, a vision of the ladder stretching up to heaven and angels ascending and descending upon it. And so we have this idea that if you're going to do anything for God, it's going to have to be a, a dynamic out of this world experience uh, and unless you've had that uh, then you really can't do anything for God that's a mistake and uh, the mistake is that only people who have some dramatic visitation from God and uh, some uh, tremendous uh, breakthrough in some kind of a spiritual dimension these are the only ones that can do anything for God but the book of Hebrews tells us a completely different story. I want you to stay with me while I begin to minister from this. It tells us about common people, just like you and I, that saw beyond themselves. And as they saw beyond themselves by the grace of God, then they became used of God. And this conference is aimed at releasing people, common people, into the will of God to fulfill something beyond themselves. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Turn with me for a moment uh, in your iPads or whatever your toy is that you're in there. It's in. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good testimony... By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and through it, he being dead, still speaks of. By faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death 
and was not found because he was taken. He had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it's impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. By faith, Noah, divinely warned of things not seen yet, not yet seen, moved with godly fear. He prepared an ark for, by, uh, prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world uh, and became heir of the righteousness, uh, which is according to faith. I want to preach to you tonight about vision. Very simply, I want to preach, first of all, uh, seeing what God can do. Second, I want to talk to you about what others can do. And thirdly, I want to talk to you about what you can do. Let's look at the text for a moment, because seeing what God can do is at the very heart of this business of vision. We're not talking about having a vision. That's another dimension. I'm talking about a state of your heart and your being where you are able to see beyond yourself to what God can do. And this is uh, uh, crucial to us tonight. Now we have a a history of God being able to move in a national crisis. And biblically, there is a record of this principle that God being able to move in a nation, a nation, and as he moves in a nation, sometimes in the darkest hour, isn't it interesting uh, that they say the darkest time of night is just before the dawn. And when it has to do with nations, this is all so true. And uh, we have a record of Hezekiah. This is a dark hour in the record of the Bible. Sennacherib has come over from Assyria. He has uh, taken one by one the fortress cities. He's taken Hazar in the northern part of Israel. He's moved on down and he's taken finally Lachish, which is a major fortress city. He's now besieged Jerusalem, and it is a dark, dark hour, and he's taunting the people of God, mocking them and mocking their God, writes a letter, and Hezekiah takes this letter, and as he takes this letter, Second Kings 19, verse 14 and 16, says these words, listen, and Hezekiah received the letter from the hand of the messenger. And he read it, and Hezekiah went up to the house of the Lord and spread it before the Lord. How many of you know that God not only hears, but he reads too? Verse 16, incline your ear, O Lord, and hear. Open your eyes, O Lord, and see, and hear the words of Sennacherib, which he sent to, to reproach the living God. This is a dark hour. The city is besieged. They are desperate. There's no hope. This powerful Assyrian army has come down, destroyed one fortress city after another. Jerusalem is the last. But God saw this letter. God heard the cry of Hezekiah. And in one fell stroke, in one night, 185,000 Assyrian soldiers as the sun rose laid dead upon the ground, a horrible blow to the enemies of God 
and a demonstration of what God can do. Can you say amen? God can move. This is what we're about tonight. And as we talk about vision, vision is seeing what God can do. And so let's look for a moment because Hebrews says to us, the things which are seen are made by things which do not appear, verse 3. And Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, we all can quote that. Uh, Without faith, it's impossible to please God. For he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Now, we have a desperate need tonight in the nation of America. I can't say enough about the horrible curse of abortion. Since the Supreme Court acted in a fraudulent manner and passed and legalized abortion, 53 million precious people have went into eternity through abortion. The blood of those 53 million people lay upon our nation's hands tonight. And I want to tell you that God sees and he understands in a spiritual dimension far beyond the circumstances of the moment and is grieved by that. This goes beyond that. It begins to work out in social dynamics. We have Europe, that is every nation, is having a declining population uh, except for the Muslims who are coming in and populating their cities. Japan is in deep trouble. America is at the break point of not, re, of not replacing our, our population by the, the children that are born. And this is the real reason that Social Security is bankrupt and we're facing that curse. Added to that, there is a homosexual and same-sex tsunami that is sweeping across our nation and... Uh, the desperate need that we have uh, is to look at the facts, and we could go on and on and on, the financial problems and so on, uh, but God can move in a nation. Can you say amen? God can move in a nation. History tells us uh, that in each awakening that we've had in America, it has been exactly at this point, there is a distinctive that has been, uh, and that distinctive is... Uh, that in the uh, that the awakening began in a time of deep trouble, uh, and it began when there's a moral conflict, uh, a desperate moral conflict, uh, and uh, we, in setting this tent, are going to be affected unless God begins to help us. We're on the brink of revolution in America. You're sitting there, you're smiling, you got your money in your pocket, you're safe. Listen to what I'm saying. We are at the brink of a revolution in America. The rule of law has been suspended by what's-his-face. <laughs> See, that's not what our nation's all about. And this seed is beginning to grow, and it's becoming a very, very dangerous dimension because when people have no recourse and they're seeing that the rule of law has been suspended and they're being violated, something begins to churn, and I guarantee you this is churning now. We are only one event away from a racial war in America. Our nation is at the brink of desperation, and 
We want to ponder that for a moment, but I want to bring you one single statement, and that's the Nineveh factor. It is a man named Jonah, who God said to Jonah, I want you to go to Nineveh, I want you to preach, and I want you to say, yet 40 days and Nineveh shall be destroyed. Eight simple words. And in spite of this man's disobedience, and God had to deal with him, in spite of his prejudice, uh, in spite of his hesitation, uh, when finally he spoke those eight words, uh, an entire city uh, repented, uh, a large city that the Bible says it took three days to walk around it, uh, and those eight simple words spoken uh, brought a tremendous move of God and an awakening. That's what God can do. Can you say amen? Thank God for that. That's what God can do. That's what we're about tonight. So secondly, I want to talk to you about uh, seeing what others can do. We tend to equate the uh, potential for uh, success in the numbers of people and resources that we have. Some years ago, we were in a tour of, uh, of Israel. We were at Gideon Spring. And as we are at Gideon Spring, I had asked Nigel Brown if he would bring... Uh, some words about the lesson that we had there. You know the story. You can read it, uh, Judges, I think, chapter 6. And so uh, as, uh, as uh, he spoke those few words, read that, he made a statement, and I probably have made this statement myself or even talked about or heard it. He made this statement, uh, and uh, as he made this statement, he said, God does not need a lot of people. Something just uh, speared my heart. I said, yes. Thank God. What a wonderful... Uh, that just absolutely grabbed hold of me. And I don't know if I'd ever thought about that or even contemplated before. But every Pentecostal can quote Zechariah 4, 6. It's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of all. Can you say amen? Do you believe that tonight? <laughs> that laid hold of my heart and left it with me because that was one of those divine moments. Uh, God does not need a lot, of a lot of people. This is the key tonight to, to discipleship. Think about Hebrews 11 now, as we come back to the text for a moment, uh, because Hebrews 11 is the roll call of faith. I just read a few verses out of that. But let me read to you verse 31 and 32 of Hebrews 11. By faith... Uh, the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe. When she had received these spies with peace, uh, verse 32 says, And what, shall we more, what more shall I say? For the time would tell, fail to tell of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah, also of David and Samuel and the prophets. Now, let's think about that for a moment, because if you just pass that over without analyzing that, uh, let's uh, take a look at what that said. What does it take to qualify to be someone that God can use? Well, uh, to begin with, we have a prostitute. <laughs> then we have a coward. His name is Gideon. Then we have a wimp. His name is Barak. He wouldn't make a movement till some woman put a spine in him. Then we have a whoremonger, that's Samson. Then we have an idolater, that's Jephthah. Then we have an adulterer and a murderer, that's David. So here is the roll call of faith. 
Now, I'm not justifying sin. I'm not trying to pass over the faults and the failures. But this is the word of God. And these are there for a reason to encourage you and encourage me of uh, what others can do. So let's look. This is the key to disciple making. So let's think for a moment. Uh, Jesus set the example of all time. He has a group of men that he's going to work with. And these men are going to start a movement that's going to change the world. Who's he going to choose? Well, first of all, he goes to the bottom of the pot and gets four fishermen. They're at the bottom of the social ladder. Then he uh, touches uh, another one, and uh, he's a tax collector. He's uh, in the business of serving the occupiers and exploiting people for their taxes. Uh, Then we have one's a thief. You know his name. His name is Judas. Then he has one who's a revolutionary. He wants to overthrow uh, the Roman Empire. And someone wrote concerning that, said Jesus chose a rag-tag, bobtail group of men and in them put in their hands uh, the responsibility to reach the world with the gospel of Christ. And so they did. There's a man named Ira Sankey. Ira Sankey was an associate of uh, of Billy Graham. And uh, an interesting statement is made about Ira Sankey. He's ministering in England. And he laid his hands on a boy. And he spoke these words. He said, the Lord make you a preacher, my boy. This boy went on to preach in the nations of the world to multiply thousands. uh, And his name was Gypsy Smith. uh, And as those hands were laid upon him, something sparked in him, and he went on to make a tremendous impact for God. And so here's the key, is what others can do. So let's think for a moment as we ponder about that. I was somewhere preaching, and I heard a a man giving a report, as a preacher giving a report, about the blessing that God had poured out upon his life. And he uttered these words uh, that were so insightful about his pastor who had launched him out and sent him. And he said these words, uh, he believed in me. Hallelujah. He believed in me. Are you listening to me, preacher? He believed in me. This is a key to discipleship. uh, And as we look at that for a moment, uh, George Bernard Shaw made a statement uh, And he says, a genius is a person who sees who sees deeper than other people, and uh, has enough energy to give effort to this extra vision. Discipleship tonight uh, is a very interesting word. Discipleship uh, is giving yourself to another person, serving them to be able to see them reach their destiny in Jesus Christ. And so this is the very theme of our whole fellowship, is disciple-making, raising up common people, sending them out to plant churches, sending them out to evangelize around the world, and investing, and this is the call of discipleship, is seeing what others can do. Finally, I want to talk to you about seeing what you can do. Now, the devil's in the business of detouring. Can you say amen? Is his business to detour people? You can look at the uh, 
parable of the sower. The parable of the sower talks about uh, four different kinds of soil. One that there's no response. Uh, then there's another soil that there's a shallowness of experience. Uh, then there's another soil uh, that uh, is uh, uh, all kinds of other things begin to come in and deter that purpose. But then there's one kind of soil which represents a human personality and uh, these people go on to bring forth fruit, some 30, some 60, and some 100-fold. So there's an individual application uh, that is made in this place. Faith uh, engages uh, something that's not seen as yet. Listen to me tonight. They're sitting in this building. I look at, I often I have the privilege of, of going to many places and seeing many different peoples in many, uh, many settings. Uh, and when I look out at the age of the average person that is here, your whole life is before you, said Jesus Terry. And I see the tremendous potential, the nations that are represented here, and the potential that is there, your whole life is before you. And I want to tell you, if you make an individual application, uh, there's something ought to lay hold of you because faith uh, tonight uh, engages uh, the vision of your part that you can have in that. Uh, and in Romans uh, 4.17 uh, says these words, As it is written, I've made you a father of many nations in the presence of him who believe. God, who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Now think about that for a moment, because God's speaking to you tonight. God, who calls those things that be not as though they were. There's the embryo potential of revolutionary spiritual grace in this building tonight uh, that if every person will begin to lay hold of God, look beyond yourselves to what God can do, look beyond yourself to what others can do, and then begin to grasp what God can do with you, uh, the, the uh, limits uh, do not exist. I want to read you a passage of scripture from uh, Philippians 3, Verses 12 through 14. Listen to this. Paul writes and says, Not that I've already attained or am already perfected, but I press on, listen, that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to apprehend it, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Now think about that. Make that personal application to yourself. Paul says, I'm not, uh, I'm not uh, uh, counting myself to have apprehended. He said, I know that God has more for me. I know that God has a call and that call I've not yet achieved. Now, this is the Apostle Paul. He's a miracle worker. He's a missionary evangelist. He's a church planter. But he's writing these words and he says, uh, I know that God has something else for me. Uh, and as long as I have breath and life, I'm going to press on until I achieve that. Now, let me speak to you very plainly. I have no doubt that there are men here You've come to the crucial age of 40 already, uh, and you think you've arrived, it's all over, 
And I want to tell you, if you think it's all over, it is all over. But think about what Paul is talking about. He says, I know that I've not yet achieved what God has for me. And what he's literally saying to you and I is God's not through with me yet. I wonder this evening if you're saying that, that God's through with you and you've arrived, now you're going to coast in and uh, ride it to retirement. Or are you pressing on? Say, God, what is it you have for me? It could be another nation. It could be another city. It could be another dimension of ministry. But the Apostle Paul has the attitude that every single human being in this building ought to have, and that is, God, I want to reach the potential that you have for me. And these are words of a destiny that has not yet arrived. Listen to these words with me. More, upward, higher, farther, greater, beyond, growth. Increase, multiplication. All these are words of the Bible. I want you to say this word after me. Say more. more. Say be up, upward. upward. Higher. Higher. Farther. Farther. Greater. Greater. Beyond. Beyond. Growth. Growth. Increase. Increase. Multiplication. multiplication. This is the promise of God this evening. Can you say amen? This is the promise of God. Yes. Hallelujah. See, to see beyond the present uh, tonight uh, is to get a glimpse of God's purpose. So as we read this fantastic passage uh, in the book of Hebrews, uh, then we begin to get a glimpse uh, because that's the roll call of common people. Many of them had failed, and yet in the ultimate, uh, they had surrendered to the purpose of God, and God... uh, had fulfilled his calling and his purpose uh, and brought them to an increase and a growth uh, and a further destiny that they had. To see beyond the present is to get a glimpse uh, of God's purpose. Uh, In the early days in our fellowship, somebody asked me the other day how our conferences began. Our conferences began because of two men that I were acquainted with, John Metzler and Wes Baker. And they said to me, he said, "Uh, Pastor... Uh, let's have a deliverance convention. This is, we were, uh, we were, uh, uh, had just moved into Ruth Street. And I said, uh, what's a deliverance convention? Well, you know, we'll just, we'll preach about getting people saved and delivered. And I said, okay, let's, let's do it. So w- this is our first conference. Uh, and it had such a good feel that uh, I said, well, let's do this again. That's how our Bible conferences became. Then we began to do the Bible conference and began to dis- uh, discover uh, various kinds of dimensions. Uh, and as we began to do that, uh, we had a man come in whose name was Al Fury. Now, he was a fringe lunatic. <laughs> but he had some gifting on his life. Uh, and how many of you know that God can use fringe lunatics? Amen. By that I mean he was a religious nut, a lot of factor. But he gave a fantastic prophecy, and I don't know if anybody's ever ran that down and discovered it, but that prophecy was that from that little congregation of people, there couldn't have been over 225 people, that from that place uh, was going to go out through the entire world uh, and was going to be impact in the world. Uh, and he gave that prophecy uh, there uh, and... Uh, 
uh, as he gave that prophecy, this was what God could do with people that were in that place and what he could use us to be involved in the ministry. So here's the limits tonight. You want to know the limits of how far we can go? It's found in Ephesians chapter 3, verses 19 through 21. Listen to this and open your heart. To know the love of God, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and forever. Now think about that for a moment. Here's the limitations. I know that you're sitting there and you're saying, well, uh, I don't know that there's much that I can do. Maybe you don't preach. Maybe you're not evangelist. I don't know that there's much that I... But listen to what the scripture says. That he's able, that's God. He's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think according to the power of God that works in us. This is what you can do tonight. Thank God. Are you getting a hold of this tonight? Thank God. This is what God can do through you because that power is available by the power of the Holy Spirit. I have a quote. And this quote is a man uh, in past history. His name is Savernola. And it says, Savernola preached in Florence until he'd emptied his church. I've seen that man. Amen. <laughs> then, like Paul going into Arabia, he went to a monastery in Bologna where he poured over the scripture. In them, he discovered a message adequate to the needs of his day. When he'd laid hold upon the message of the word of God, no building in Florence was large enough to hold the crowds that came to hear him. So think about this for a moment now. Here is what you can do, but you're not going to be able to do that in your own power or genius or your fantastic personality. But maybe you fit into this list of rogues that I read about, a prostitute a coward, a wimp, a whoremonger. Maybe that's the past background that the devil's trying to put around your neck and hold you down. I want to tell you, God's grace has power, hallelujah. God's miracle favor, hallelujah, can take hold of people like you and me and begin to make them into the vessel that he wants to fashion for his future. And Paul laid hold of this when he says in Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So let's think about this for a moment because God can lay hold of human hearts. I was pondering as I was meditating on these notes today about Saul. Saul came in contact with a man of God named Samuel. When Saul came in contact with him, this man of God spoke some words uh, which were God's words. And when Saul turned to obey uh, the words that Samuel spoke, uh, the Bible says God gave him another heart. Uh, and the Bible says God turned him uh, into another man. As you're sitting here in this place tonight, men and women, 
You've come into this conference and you've come into this conference because uh, God has a destiny for your soul and for your heart. He has a world that's waiting. We're in a nation that is at the brink of disaster. But I want to tell you, God is God. Can you say amen? Remember the Jonah factor. If he can just get someone to speak his words, uh, God is able to do that. And he can turn your heart uh, to be another man, to be another woman, uh, and fulfill his purpose uh, in this hour. Vision tonight is a state of mind. Vision uh, is an engagement of your heart in the purposes of God and is surrender to the will of God. And if you will do that beyond your wildest understanding of what God can do with you, and this week of conference can be a life-changing event because vision is not having a supernatural visitation, which that may happen from time to time to various individuals. But vision is a state of mind whereby you're able to believe God, look beyond your own limitation, look beyond the circumstances of the moment, look beyond the social dynamics uh, and say, God, I know you have a purpose uh, and I'm going to surrender to that purpose. Uh, I'm going to be that man. I'm going to be that woman that you've called me to be. I want every head bowed. I want every eye closed. Uh, Thanks again for listening to the free version of the VBPH Sermon Podcast, where we post sermons on Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, and Sundays. We also have a premium version of this podcast, which posts sermons and interviews every single day of the week. So why would you want to subscribe? I'm glad you asked. I have five reasons for you. Number one, on the premium version, we post full versions of Testimony Tuesday, Pastor Campbell Thursday, and Study Day Saturday. If you'd like to hear those episodes, then subscribe now. Reason number two, uninterrupted listening. We remove all ads and all extraneous content from our premium feed. Reason number three, premium episodes always release six hours earlier than the free version. If you're an early bird, it's a great reason to subscribe. Number four, our subscribers will gain access to our sermon chat group on WhatsApp, where we interact directly with listeners around the globe. If you'd like to chat with other premium subscribers, subscribe today. And finally, every dollar we raise goes to world evangelism. This is the best reason to subscribe, because you are helping us launch churches all around the world. We don't put one dime in our pockets. Everything that we raise from this podcast will go directly to Thursday night of Chandler Conference. So please subscribe today by using the links in the show notes below. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening to the sermon podcast of the Virginia Beach Potter's House Church. Were you blessed by today's message? Let us know. Please leave us a rating on Apple Podcast or on Podchaser. We'll be back next time with another life-changing word from heaven. God bless. God bless.